Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number two of the Pete Callender Show underway. The email, as always, Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And uh, that's Callender with a K. Also, the phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, and so I, I think in the last hour, I identified a report I was watching on the right television. I thought that was Fox News. But joke was on me. That's actually the Weather Channel. That was the Weather Channel, which we have, uh, I think the uh, consensus here in the studio is that one of the, like, 14 uh, reporters that the Weather Channel has in Florida, uh, one of the uh, the reporters is wearing what appears to be an equestrian helmet. Like a horse rider helmet? That's what it looked like. It had, like, the ear... Well, no, the equestrian helmets don't have the ear. They don't have ear, do they? The baseball helmets do. So maybe it's a baseball helmet she's wearing. But it's a fancy one. Maybe they've actually gone and created... What, you laugh? No, like, think about all the people in the reporter world that go to natural disasters like this, go to war zones and stuff. You could make a helmet for all of these occasions. See, now here you go. You do you do a, a different helmet for all of the different kinds of catastrophes. They're the same helmet, but you just brand them differently. You brand one for hurricanes. You brand one for tornadoes. Uh, you brand one uh, for uh, uh, typhoons, which right aren't the typhoons. Hurricanes also, but just don't tell people. It's the same thing. Uh, tsunamis, those would have flotation devices in them or something maybe. But it's just it's just branding. It's just marketing. Um, now, I don't want to, like, you know me, right? I'm not a conspiracy theorist. However, I will, I will do that classic conspiracy theorist uh, form of argument, which is uh, arguing... By juxtaposition, okay? I'm going to give you two pieces of information. I'm going to put them side by side, and then I'm going to ask, what do you think it means? Is it just a coincidence? See, I never answer the question. I just put these two things together next to each other and and then just, like, ask you, oh, yeah, what do you think it means? And it indicates that there is a conclusion to be drawn, but I'm not drawing it. I'm just asking you to draw it without saying this is the conclusion, because if I actually say it, it sounds kind of crazy. So here is here is the first piece of information, the hurricane. Okay, Hurricane Ian. All right, you, I'm not going to go into details on that. We already did that last hour. Hurricane. All right. Is it coincidence that the hurricane is now making landfall in Florida? The day after NASA, which is based in Florida, right? I think. Well, that's where they take off from. But NASA just hit an asteroid. Right? The day after, the day after we smack an asteroid, we smack that asteroid, and the next day we get a hurricane. Right into Florida's breadbasket. Almost as if it's smacked back. What do you think it means? I mean, I'm not saying that it's a direct response. It's a reaction. 
but it is a little coincidental. No, right. We actually did. We smacked a a satellite into the face of an asteroid. I watched the NASA people celebrate. Well, I mean, as NASA people do, it's it's kind of reserved, right? I mean, these are rocket scientists. They don't, and, and you know, like they're definitely not going to be wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, a problematic Hawaiian shirt, or anything like that with artwork on it. Like they're all wearing their polo shirts and the khaki pants. They look like they're ready to march with tiki torches uh, in some sort of staged event at a DeSantis rally or something. But a NASA spacecraft intentionally slammed into an asteroid in a historic test of humanity's ability. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this humanities thing? This is America. This is good old-fashioned, overspent taxpayer funding America, okay? This isn't everybody, right? The Russians didn't help us with this. The Chinese didn't help us. I mean, they may have stolen some of the tech at some point, but they didn't help us with this. This is us. America hit that asteroid. That's right, asteroid. Uh, It's a historic test of humanity's ability. This is NBC News. Of humanity's ability to protect Earth from a potential catastrophic collision with a space rock. I mean, aside from the fact that the space rock was minding its own business, it was nowhere near us, uh, it was not on a course to hit us, uh, none of that. It was just out there floating around. It was just like hanging out with its asteroid friend. And we just walked up to it or flew up to it and just hit it in an attempt to knock it off course and send it hurtling through space to something else, somewhere else. We don't know where. It's just going to go somewhere else. Uh, Sorry, in like 100 million years, if it lands on some other planet, our bad. Um, Like the butterfly effect right there, right? The agency's DART probe. It's called the DART probe. It is short for Double Asteroid Redirection Test. But as far as I know, there's only one test. So, And we only hit one asteroid. So I don't know where the double comes from, but whatever. Carried out its first-of-its-kind maneuver on a small and harmless space rock known as Dimorphos, Dimorphos, which is about 6.8 million miles from Earth. Now, again, see, you claim this is a harmless space rock. But we don't know that. We don't know what's underneath the surface of that space rock, right? We just sent an asteroid or a, a satellite into an asteroid. And it's possible, right, that when that satellite hit, it blew up some of the surface. And now you got little pieces, debris, right? Now they're all going to be kind of floating around there. We may have knocked the asteroid out of its orbit. That's the whole point is to change the direction of this thing, right, to get it just to see if we can do it. But what if when we hit the surface, like something was under the surface, something bad or maybe something good. But for our purposes, I am in the media. So it's something bad. Right. And it's something bad. It could be really bad. And it could send the asteroid hurtling towards us. Why wasn't this gamed out? Or what if we hit the thing? It sends it off onto a different course. It hits another asteroid somewhere else because we don't know where all the asteroids are. They say this in the NBC story. They're like, we don't even really know how many asteroids there are. Okay, so now we just, we picked a fight with one harmless guy and we may have sent him into a bigger guy. This is like your classic bar brawl scenario, right? You start, you take a swing at the one guy and he ducks and you end up hitting the big guy and he's in a biker gang. And the next thing you know, it's a full on bar brawl. That's how this happens. Except the bar is... 
uh, the Milky Way galaxy, right? The bar is uh, space. And the brawlers uh, are going to be like hundreds of miles wide and hurtling at us at a speed of around uh, something like uh, 14,000 miles an hour. So that's the analogy. I'm just saying, is it is it a coincidence the day after we smack that asteroid, Florida gets smacked too? Yes, probably. Absolutely a coincidence. But it, you never know. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Susan writes in to Pete at the Pete Callender Show. Pete, you're right. Mother Nature smacked us back. I mean, really, you had me at Pete, you're right. But, uh, look, I I don't know for sure whether or not uh, the heavens are, uh, you know, punching back at us with the hurricane after we punched one of its uh, rocks, you know? I'm just saying, I'm just asking questions. Okay. Let me go over here to Spencer. Hello, Spencer. Welcome to the program. How are you? How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Um, the craft that hit the asteroid. Yeah. It was an asteroid that was in orbit around another asteroid. Yeah. So it's like a moon that's, asteroid. Yeah. That's why it was a double asteroid. Oh, but it's still an now, asteroid. But wait, hang on a second. Yeah. All right, all right, wait, 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 wait. Now, 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 we hit it with a an object, and it's kind of like shooting a gnat at a tractor trailer truck. You're mm-hmm. not going to knock it too much. I mean, it's not going to knock it out of orbit at all. It might change the orbit, and that's what they're trying to discover whether they can change that orbit or not. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to reload and send another shot at the thing, though. It's like very, very lengthy uh, downtime between the two shots, you know? Because, like, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're at the range, if you're going to make a, you know, you take a shot, and you're like, you need to make an adjustment, you can do it. It's pretty quick to make the adjustment. This is going to take a long time. Um, yeah, and that's just an analogy. Yeah. So, all right, another question for you, then. Uh, if you got the one rock, and then you got the other rock that's floating around the one rock... What if there's a third rock that's floating around the first rock? What if there are multiple moon rocks, basically, right? Because, like, my, equa- my, my analogy is, like, the main asteroid is Earth, and then you got the moon that's, that's orbiting around the Earth. So, that, like, the double asteroid would be, like, the moon. Well, what, are, what if there are multiple moons? Would all those be doubles, or would you start going triple and quadruples I, and stuff? I, I don't doubt that there's other stuff floating around those two objects because right. those objects are nothing but uh conglomerations of gravel i right. mean they're not really solid they're just like a ball of gravel here orbiting around another ball of, a larger ball of gravel where does the gravel come from that's the primordial stuff that the solar system is made out of yeah that's just a different way to say what i asked like that's just so. Where does that come from? Where I mean, you got rocks. It really is true. That's like an old Irish proverb or something like that. You know, there's something that the Earth will never run out of. It's like idiots and rocks. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. Like there are rocks everywhere. You can you, you pick them out of the yard, and there's always more. And that's it's, it's all over the universe. You can't get rid of it. Of course, now that I think about it, actually, Spencer, maybe the rocks in our yards are actually coming from space. <laughs> 
Maybe they're... Well, if you go up on your roof, yeah. if you go up on your roof and look in the gutters, you will find uh, micrometeorites that oh my fall on the earth every day. No. I thought that was just like the shingles that were like decaying Some on the roof. Shingles, yeah, but, but if you look at them real good, yeah. you will find micrometeorites all over the ground, all over your roof, all in your gutters, all over the trees. They, they fall every day. How come I don't? How come they don't hit me? Oh, they might hit you. I mean, the stuff stuff comes through the atmosphere and uh, is slowed down, and they explode and stuff, and they come into little tiny particles and they float down and they'll land on your head. But I won't feel it. You won't feel it. They're no. so small. All right. Yeah. All right, because I was going to say, like, all this time I thought it was inchworm poop or something, but no, apparently not. It's space debris. All right. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate the call, sir. Sure. All right, all right. I enjoy it. Uh, let me go over here to Dean. Hello, Dean. Welcome to the program. Oh, you know, thanks, Pete. Hey, boy, I was having a wonderful day, and I was even going to go out and take a walk, and now I'm afraid to take a walk, and I'm worried about the meteorite. Right. You're going to get uh, showered in space junk. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that you're sort of missing the point, though. Like no. the rocket and the asteroids, they're only instruments. You know, if you go by your logic, the real question is: we fired the rocket mm-hmm. to hit the meteorite or the asteroid, and if the asteroid is doing the Florida hurricane, who who did that? I mean, you know, who did what? We're the- behind the rocket. Who's behind the asteroid sending the hurricane? The sun. Obviously. Who? The sun. The sun of who? <laughs> uh, no, our sun, the solar sun, the big ball oh. of fire that's trying to kill us in every way imaginable. Oh. That sun. Oh. It all goes oh. back to the sun. It always comes back to the sun. The sun is trying to kill us, Dean. I thought it was the politicians. No, it's the oh, sun. No, can... Oh, no, you got to think bigger, man. You got to think bigger. It's bigger than that. It's way bigger. Have you seen the size of the sun? It's huge. It's huge. This is why I'm a big advocate of nuking it. Sending our trash okay. up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just figure and cuz with the global warming, right? And it affects all of the radio signals and I feel this particularly acutely because I work in radio. We are aware of the solar activity. It can blow up all of our smartphones and stuff. Uh, it gives people cancer. It affects the rising tides. Like this it affects everything, man. The sun is trying to kill us all. This is just a theory. Okay, so what's the big? Why? What, what's the problem with the sun? What? What? I thought I just explained right? all the problems with the sun. Well, I know you the problems, but why is it? Why is it so vindictive? Why is it out to get us? I don't know. Maybe what something is, happened a long time do? ago. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some grudge in the past. I don't know. It's that, that, that's that's before humans existed. I don't know. Does it? It has to do with creation, then. Maybe so. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe didn't like all of us humans appearing on the planet in the first place. I don't know. Maybe it's just a vindictive sun. You never know with these More planets. Adam and Eve problems. Yeah, you, just, you never know what the motives really are. All right, Dean, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, I... May have made some comments there about the sun that could be misinterpreted. So I just want to be clear: not all suns are trying to kill us. I think ours might be. Not all of them, though. I mean, a sun is just a star, really, right? 
And for example, I don't think like Bradley Cooper is trying to kill us. So like I'm not crazy. So but I do think that our son is it's just acting in it's acting in ways that would lead one to believe rationally so that it is trying to kill us. So uh, I just put it out there. Discuss. A NASA spacecraft intentionally slammed into an asteroid Monday in a historic test of humanity's ability to protect Earth from a potentially catastrophic collision with a space rock. The age, by the way, have you seen the video of this? They, you know, the split screen or whatever, where it's got the, it shows the 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 images that are coming back from this this. Which, hang on a second. There's another. There's a little another issue here. Like, how is it that we get these crystal clear images? From like 20 million miles away. I mean, yes, they're on delay, but we're, you know, we're getting these, these photos, these still shot images beamed back to us millions of miles from Earth. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at the clarity. And they are. They're pretty clear pictures from a, from a spacecraft going 14,000 miles an hour about to make impact with a, with a space rock. And we're getting crystal clear images of that. Yet somebody breaks into like a, a convenience store and we get like this blurry blob of pixels. But what what what's the deal? How how is that how does that still happen? Anyway, they they could yeah, oh, all right, a little closer to home. They can take your picture of your license plate and send you the the bill for driving in the easy pass lane without an easy pass. Oh, they can get you on that. 70 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, 90 miles, okay, 55 miles an hour. And you, you know, blow through the, the toll camera or whatever. And they get a crystal clear picture of your license plate there. But, hey, we need your help finding this person that assaulted somebody. It's like, Bleh. what am I looking at? What, what is this, a Rorschach test or something? This is terrible. So. The uh, agencies, the NASA, oh, I meant to say, so you got these two images, the split screen, right? You've, and you got like, on, uh, you see, uh, what, mission control, right? NASA people, and they're all wearing their, their polo shirts. And uh, they were, they were all like in the same, they were all wearing these blue polo shirts with the khaki pants. They looked like, they looked like Blockbuster. And for the kids, I know you don't have any idea what that means. The video rental store. Okay, you still don't have any idea what that means. Uh, so back in the old days, if you wanted to watch a movie not in a movie theater and not on television, you had to go rent them, almost like the red boxes, except they were these big clunky tapes, and you had to give them back within three days. You could buy, you could rent it, and then you could take it home, and you put it in your machine, you had to buy that separately, and then you would watch the movie, and then you had to rewind it, because if you didn't rewind it, you would get charged. And they would always put the sticker, please be kind, and rewind, right? And they would charge you if you didn't rewind the video. And when you get this, if you went to the store and you really, really, really wanted to see, I don't know, E.T., let's say, you really wanted to see E.T., well, hot jokes on you. They never put that one out on video. But uh, if it was if the movie was rented and they didn't have any more copies in the store, you just didn't get it. You just couldn't watch the movie. It was like back in the old days, you would call somebody if they didn't answer the phone, you didn't talk to them. They didn't, there was no way to leave a message unless somebody answered the phone. It would just ring and ring and ring. Or if they were on the phone, you would just get the busy signal. Then there were some sociopaths who would just take the phone off the hook so they wouldn't get any calls. Right. I'm telling you, people don't have any idea. It was like uphill both ways, snow up to the chest, no shoes. Anyway, 
Uh, the agency's DART probe, double asteroid redirection test, carried out the first-of-its-kind maneuver on a small and harmless space rock known as Dimorphos, which is about 6.8 million miles from the Earth. The $325 million mission, that's how much that thing cost, $325 million to blow up a spacecraft. Which really is a metaphor, is it not, for really all government programming? $325 million to destroy the vehicle that we built with the $325 million. Um, So it was designed to see whether nudging an asteroid can alter its trajectory. That's what the test was. $325 million to blow up a spacecraft uh, 7 million miles away from us. And success is is determined by whether or not the government-funded uh, object was destroyed, right? That's that's the. I'm telling you, this is so gov. This is so govco. Um, so they say provide scientists with a valuable real world test of planetary defense technologies. No, you know what would be a real world test? Lasers. Lasers would be a real world test. Because I bet lasers are going to be way easier to point and shoot and test and all that once you get them up there, right? You get a bunch of lasers up there, and you can just start shooting stuff all over the place. I mean, I don't know if you miss, like, where does the laser go? It just keeps on going and going, and then, like, you may destroy some other planet. Or the sun. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, the DART spacecraft, which is about the size of a vending machine, crashed into Dimorphos, which is the name of the rock, uh, flying head-on. Into the space rock at 14,000 miles an hour, it may take up to several weeks for NASA to confirm any changes in the space rock's trajectory. The goal is to shorten the asteroid's nearly 12-hour orbit by several minutes. Okay. Okay. So this thing takes 12 hours to go around its the other the other sa- the, uh, uh, asteroid. So the one that we hit, Dimorphos, he a- th- this guy actually uh, rotates around Didymos. No relation to P. Diddy. Um, and so he just fall- he just circles around Didymos and or Didymos, Didymos, Didymos. Anyway, uh, and it just circles around, and it takes twelve hours. And we just sent a vending machine-sized uh, spacecraft into this to try to see if we could nudge it. And the success will be determined by whether or not it shaves a couple minutes off of the twelve-hour orbit. That's success. I mean, look, I'm no rocket scientist here, but just spitballing, maybe a bigger satellite or a spacecraft might have done the trick, right? Maybe something bigger? A vending machine? You sent a vending machine? You know how big this thing was? This dimorphos rock? This thing circling the other thing? You know how big it? 525 feet wide. 525 feet wide. That's like 525 rulers. That's that's wide. That's really wide. And it orbits another asteroid, the Didymos guy. That thing is 2,500 feet. Why? And that's like... 2,500 rulers. Like, they, these are really big things in space. That's what I've heard. And neither the neither of them pose a threat to Earth for now. I would just add that. For now. Because I don't know about you, somebody comes along and, you know, smacks me with a vending machine. 
I might be a tad bit upset. The DART spacecraft launched into space on no- in November. It spent 10 months journeying to its asteroid target. So as long as we have like a 10-month heads up on an asteroid heading towards our planet, then uh, maybe uh, we would be able to nudge it off course uh, by a couple minutes. That's, that's what I'm gathering from this. They seem very excited, though. Very excited in the split-screen shots of the, of the satellite and the NASA people in the polo shirts at the Blockbuster. And, they're like, they're very – there was a split-screen. And I got to tell you, I was a little – I mean, they were very excited that they hit the rock. I get it. And, and celebrate away. Yay, yay. But I was a bit concerned with the countdown. They were counting down. Have you seen the video? They're counting down to when the thing makes impact. And they're like, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Two, one, yay! And they started applauding, and the thing hadn't hit yet. Like, they just, they raced through several of the numbers. Like, do you guys not know how to count backwards? I mean, I thought, like, rocket scientists that always seem to me to be, like, very good with numbers. That's sort of the, right? Isn't that the the deal? I don't know. I'm just, I was concerned. I'm just raising these concerns. Unless, of course, maybe we never actually landed on that asteroid. Was that all a fake? I'm just asking questions. All right, so the uh, NASA project, this, uh, this smack the asteroid project, this picking the fight with space rocks, it's all part of the Planetary Defense Coordination Office, or as I like to call it, the PDCO. And it is tasked with searching for near-Earth objects that could pose threats to the planet. NBC News reports that the agency said no known asteroid larger than 450 feet across has a significant chance of hitting Earth in the next 100 years. But scientists have also warned that they, uh, they, they actually don't know uh, like the total number of the uh, smaller Earth objects or near-Earth objects. Where they, don't, they actually haven't identified them. So they're like, okay, like we see these big ones that are bigger than 450 feet across and probably not a chance, you know, any one of them is going to hit us anytime soon, like a century. But uh, if it's under 450 feet across, <laughs> we have no idea. Yeah. The best-known example of a cataclysmic impact occurred around 66 million years ago when the asteroid, I think is how that's pronounced, uh, Chick Exolub. C-A- Look, I don't name these things. C-H-I-C-X. U-L-U-B. How would you pronounce that? Sheik Exolub. Sheik Chick Exolub. That, you got me. Anyway, 66 million years ago. Like, first off, how do you even know that that's its name? Who was around 66 million years ago? Nobody, right? We weren't around then. We have no idea what this thing was called. Anyway, they, uh, it's thought to have been 6 to 10 miles wide. That slammed into Earth and triggered a sudden mass extinction. The incident annihilated the dinosaurs, which, by the way, that's why uh, people are celebrating the, uh, the asteroid smacking this week. Uh, they're celebrating with memes on social media of dinosaurs, which I think is kind of hurtful. It's very insensitive to the dinosaurs. 
And yes, there are still dinosaurs around. Hello, like turtles, alligators, right? Just no empathy, whatever. The incident annihilated the dinosaurs and killed almost three quarters of all the plant and animal species that were living on Earth at the time. You notice environmentalists, they don't talk at all about that. You notice that? It's like, it's like they don't exist. Like they, they, they just don't even, they don't even acknowledge that, that all those plants that died, that they, that they were here, that they existed. It's like they don't even see them. The largest asteroid impact in recorded history took place 114 years ago when a space rock exploded over a remote part of Siberia in 1908, which I think we should ask Joe Biden what that was like. We should, somebody should ask Joe Biden, uh, it's in the news, right? He's the president, and be like, hey, like, is this at all similar? Like, what is the threat of, like, what happened, you know, when you were a young man and you saw that, uh, that, that asteroid uh, hit Siberia in 1908? Because I bet he has an answer for it. I bet, he, I, I bet he has a story. The incident, which came to be known as the Tunguska Explosion. Tunguska? Tunga, Tunguska? Anyway, it flattened trees over 500,000 acres of uninhabited forest. Mysteries about the Tunguska incident remain, but scientists have said the impact was most likely caused by a space rock measuring 164 to 262 feet across, give or take. So again, that would be like half the size of the asteroids that they've identified, right? The ones that have this... uh, that have a significant chance that well, they said these are the big ones. And like they say, there's no significant chance of these big ones hitting us, but there are smaller ones that could totally hit us. And we don't even know like where most of those are. So smaller than 450 feet. Okay. This other one, 164 to 262 feet across. That's much smaller than the 450. And that wiped out half a million acres. And Bruce Willis is not going to come to our rescue here, folks. I don't know if you heard. He's got some cognitive issues, so he's not working anymore. So, like, this NASA vending machine operation, this is our best hope. (laughs) 